0: Psalm chapter 77. I'm going to be reading out the New Living Translation uh, this morning. Um, and so, as we know, this is the first Sunday uh, of a new year. And it's a year in which we hope it's better than last year. But something, I don't know if I read this or I'm not claiming uh, to be the author of this, but something that came to my mind this morning. It was simply this that we better not put our hope in 2021. We better keep our hope in Jesus. Because if you hope in a year, uh, it's, it'll probably disappoint you. It'll probably let you down. Now, there's a lot of people that are hoping that this is going to be better, but there's no guarantee. But one thing I know is God never changes. And if you put your hope in Him, you always have hope, regardless of what's going on. Amen. Because as the Apostle Paul said, uh, right now we're looking through a glass darkly. In other words, we don't uh, know what's going to happen, and that can be fearful. Uh, it can cause us stress. And so I want us to look at Psalm 77, which is a psalm of Asaph, and kind of give you the setting. And the setting of this psalm is after the fall of Jerusalem, uh, when many Jews were slain, And others had been taken captive to Babylon. And so Asaph is wrestling with the meaning of these terrible events which have taken place and which he had witnessed. And I don't have these verses on the screen, but if you look at the first three or four verses of Psalm 77, we see where he is crying out to God, but he found no comfort in prayer. In other words, he's praying But it just doesn't seem like it's bringing him any relief to pray. And he gets to the point in verse 4 of chapter 77 where he can't even sleep. And he says, I'm too stressed to even pray. I can't sleep. I'm so overwhelmed with all that's going on, I can't even pray. And what changes is he begins to... First and foremost, question God, but something changes later on. But let's pick up in verse 7 of Psalm 77. And look what he says here, New Living Translation. He asks the question, has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never be kind again to me? Then he says in verse 8, Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Then he says, has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door of his compassion? Then he said, and he said, this is my fate. The most high has turned his hand against me. He's in a bad situation. He, still, he feels like everything is finished, it's all lost. But then he says in verse 11, But then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds long ago. And so even though the psalmist is at a low point in his life, a point when he feels like God has abandoned him, it seems like his loving kindness has ceased, it seems like his promises have failed, the psalmist gets hope because he looks back at all the things that God has done for his people. And then if you skip down to verse 15, he says this. He says, by your strong arm, you redeemed Your." People. Do you realize if you're saved today, you are redeemed? We sang this song since I've been a kid, and longer than that, I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. But it really shouldn't say, glory, glory, I am Christ, because why? Because redeemed means that I've been purchased by God And I wasn't purchased with silver or gold or perishable things. I was purchased with the precious blood of the lamb. And so the psalmist realizes, listen, I've been bought by God. I've been bought by him. I belong to him. I am his possession. And then he says, skip down to verse 20. He says, you led your people along that road like a flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. See, we're going into a new year that we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the future holds. And that can be stressful. It can be fearful. But what I want you to understand today is that in spite of what may seem like God's promises may have failed. It may seem like that his loving kindness has ceased. I can look back and we can look back in our lives and see that God has led us all the way to this point and he will continue to lead us into the future. See, when you read God's word, you see this promise. Time and time again of God promising that he will lead his people. Psalms 23, 2 and 3. David said this, that he leads me beside still waters. He guides me along the right path. Psalms 25, 8 and 9 says, the Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path To those who go astray, he leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. Psalms 37 and 23 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Isaiah says it like this in Isaiah 48 and 17 when God says, I am the Lord your God. Who teaches you what is good and leads you along the path that you should follow. The psalmist says again in Psalm 32, 8 and 9, the Lord says, I will guide you along the path- pathway of your life. I will advise you and watch over you. And these are promises that we can hold on to that in this year of uncertainty, even though we're looking through a glass darkly right now, that God is going to lead his people. He is not going to abandon us. He's not going to forsake us. He himself has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And we can take assurance in the fact that God will lead his people. See, when Jesus spoke of the coming presence of the Holy Spirit in John 16 and 13, he said when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. And you know that those who are led by the spirit, Paul says in Romans 8:14, those that are led by the spirit of God they are the children of God and because you're a child of God God is going to lead you he's going to guide you he's going to direct you you may not always can sense God's hand and movement in your life you may misunderstand why you are where you are but you have simply got to trust in the fact that That God is guiding you. He is going to direct you. Oh, wouldn't it be great if an angel would appear to us and tell us everything that's going to happen this year or if a big neon sign would appear and say, go this way, not that way, do this and not that. But guess what? We have something far greater than that. We have the Spirit of God that has promised that he's going to lead us, he's going to guide us, and he's going to direct us along our paths. Now let's look at what the psalmist says about God's leading. At verse 19 and 20 of Psalm 77, look what he says. He says, your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. What is he referencing here? Of course, he's looking back at the Red Sea experience of the children of Israel. And if you remember in the book of Exodus, God's people had been in bondage for 400 years when Pharaoh had finally let them go. And so the Israelites are leaving Egypt, the Egyptians have showered them down with all kinds of gifts. And man, they're excited because why? They're getting out of bondage and they're going to the promised land. Oh, how great this is going to be. But they came up to the Red Sea. They came up to the Red Sea, which seemed like an impossible obstacle. And they looked behind them And they see where Pharaoh has changed his mind, and his armies are coming after them to take them back into bondage. And so what do the people do? They begin to panic. Why did God lead us this way? Why did God lead us to the Red Sea? And so the people are panicking. And what does God tell Moses says, first of all, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord? And and then God tells Moses, Don't cry out to me, don't stand still. Keep walking. In other words, I have led you here. You may not understand it. It may seem impossible, but I have led you to this point, and so don't quit walking. You've got to keep walking into what seems like an impossible situation, and guess what? In this year we're in, guess what? You are still going to have to walk by faith it may seem like an impossible situation but guess what God is still a faithful God and he is still leading us even though it may seem like there's a better route guess what I can trust God that he is leading me in the right direction see Moses writes some interesting things about this Red Sea experience in Exodus 13 17 through 18 Let's read that. Look what he says. He says, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory. Even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, If the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Let's kind of break that down just for a few minutes. The first thing we realize from this scripture is this. God does not always lead us down the shortest route, the quickest route, or the smoothest route. See, that wasn't the shortest route to the promised land. And a lot of times, we get in a hurry and we want to get to the promise and God says, no, I'm not taking you that way. I'm going to take you in a roundabout way, through the Red Sea, toward the Red Sea, because if you do any study about the, 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 the wanderings, we realize this, that it was about 250 miles from Egypt to the Promised Land. It should have been an 11-day journey, but God doesn't always lead us the shortest way. See a lot of us we think we should be further along Than where we are We don't know why God hasn't gotten us To where we should be Or where we think we should be But you've got to realize in life God doesn't always lead us On the shortest or smoothest route Another thing we realize from this scripture is this That God led them through the wilderness See God's leading is not going to always be a mountaintop experience. It's not going to always be happy places. It's not always going to be pain-free places. God, at times, leads his children through the wilderness, through wilderness experiences. Why? Because it teaches us to trust him And teaches us to lean on him. See, one thing I know is this. Is that when God leads me in a wilderness experience, I do know from his word that he's going to give me enough manna for that day. Right? Just like he did with them. He supplied their needs. Every single day, when those that tried to get too much manna, what happened? It got maggots in it and it started stinking. He only gave them twice as much on the day before the Sabbath so that they wouldn't break the Sabbath laws. In the same way, when you're in the wilderness experience, guess what? God has promised that he will guide you, he will protect you, he will provide for you in that experience because God did it for his children and that's what Asaph is recalling. And listen, God doesn't always lead by the shortest route, the smoothest route. Also, sometimes God leads us through the wilderness. The third thing we realize from this scripture is this, that God knows what we're ready for. God knows what we can handle. Look at verse 18 of Exodus 3 again. He says, God led them a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. He says, thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. They thought they were ready for battle because they had the equipment. Hey, I've got the tools. I must be ready for the battle. But look what he says. If you go back up to verse 17, look what he says about them. He says, if the people are faced with battle they might change their minds and return to Egypt. See, just because you are armed for battle doesn't mean you're ready for that battle. See, there are things right now that you're not ready for. You may think you're ready for, but God knows what you can handle. God knows what you're ready for. You remember when you was in your, if you're in your 20s, just, excuse me, just don't, just pay it, don't pay it. You remember when you were in your 20s and you thought you knew it all? You thought you was ready for it all. You thought you knew all the answers and all the questions. I was like that. Thought I should have been given the biggest church because, hey, I can straighten them out. Right? But even though I thought I was ready, God knows what I'm ready for. And he says about them, he says, listen. He says they were armed, but they were not ready. See, God leads his people not along the shortest route. God leads his people through the wilderness, and God also leads his people through the sea. That's what, this, that's what Aesop said. He said, Listen, you led them through the sea. And guess what? I don't know what this year holds for us, but if we go through the sea, and you know, if you read scriptures, the sea is often symbolic of turmoil it's often symbolic of trouble it's often symbolic of storms and I didn't really get this and and this is my opinion so this little next part you can take and throw in the trash if you don't agree with this but when you read Revelation chapter 21 verse 1 when John says I saw a new heaven a new earth and he says and the sea was gone I don't necessarily mean that's not gonna there's not gonna be a beach in heaven for those you like the beach I think he's using symbolism here because when people in those days are reading John's letter, when they talk about the sea, the sea was a tumultuous place. It was a place of uncertainty. It was a place of storm. And what John is saying is, listen, the sea is going to be gone. Turmoil is going to be gone. Heartache is going to be gone. There's no more sea there. But at... The the, At where we are right now, we're going to go through some deep waters. We're going to go through some rough seas. We're going to go through some storms. But the great news is Isaiah 43 and 2 says this, says when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty... You will not drown. Just because there isn't smooth sailing in your life doesn't mean you're out of God's will. Just because you're in a storm doesn't mean God has abandoned you. There are times in our lives when God leads us through the sea to the sea, which seems like an impossible situation. Why? Because he wants us to realize that he is God, that we got to depend upon him. He's our everything, but praise be unto God, if I'm in a storm, if I'm in the ocean, if I'm in a sea, guess what? I am not there alone. He will be with me. He will lead me through the sea. He led them. Aesop was in a sea experience because he didn't understand what God was doing. He didn't understand why God didn't just get him out of that and get him back to the homeland. But not only that, look what he says the second thing in verse 20 of Psalm 77. Not only did he lead him through the sea, he says here, you led your people on that road like a flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. See, throughout the Bible, God refers to himself as a shepherd. What did David say about God in Psalms 23 and 1? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. What did Jesus tell his disciples in John 10, one of the great I Am statements when he says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. 1 Peter 2.25 says, Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your soul. And so, Aesop says, listen, you led your people like a flock of sheep. And so he's saying, God, you are our shepherd. You are the one that's leading us. You're the one that's guiding us. And so if God is our shepherd, then that means we are sheep. Now that's not very flattering when God refers to us as sheep. Isaiah 53 and 6 says, All we, like sheep, have gone astray, have strayed away. So when we are referred to as sheep, it's not a compliment. Because let me tell you some things about sheep. First and foremost, sheep are defenseless animals, okay? They're defenseless. You could put a sheep out by itself and it would not survive. Also, sheep are very stubborn. That don't speak to any of us. I'm sure it doesn't. Sheep are prone to go astray. Sheep are prone to get lost because they have no internal guidance system. See, in order for sheep to survive, it has to be totally dependent upon the shepherd. Why? Because sheep will wander off, They don't have a head of the pack in which they follow. No sheep is ever in charge. They will go off in every direction, not because they are rebellious, it's just because they're too dumb to know anything. See, a shepherd has to watch a sheep nonstop because if he doesn't, it'll get lost. That's why in ancient times, shepherds would gather together and they would get all their sheep in a cave or all their sheep in a pen and they would have another shepherd laid down in front of that gate. So why? So the sheep wouldn't get out or so a wolf or a wild animal wouldn't get in to the sheep. They couldn't just say, well, I'm going to leave you guys here out in this pasture when I get here in the morning, we'll go on. They couldn't say that. Why? Because if he got there the next morning... He wouldn't have any sheep. That'd be gone every which way. You understand that? And so he says here, I will lead you like a shepherd leads a sheep. And you know what? In these days and age we're living in, listen, there's times I wake up, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. We have went through stuff with all that's going on with COVID and everything else that I literally wake up and I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And if we be honest, you're probably the same way. I don't have an answer. You know why? Because I'm just a sheep. I'm just a sheep. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen next week, next month, next year. I don't know what's going to happen. And there's times in my life as a sheep that I made the wrong decision. And you do too. But you know what? I do know that because I've got a good shepherd, that when I wander off because he's a good shepherd he's not going to say well that serves him right no a good shepherd if he's a good shepherd he's going to go and find that sheep look what Ezekiel 34 11 and 12 says when God calls himself a good shepherd Ezekiel 34 11 and 12 says this For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search and find my sheep. Verse 12, I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. I will find my sheep and rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on that dark and cloudy day. Hallelujah. Praise God, that God is better at leading than Satan is at deceiving for his people. Think about it. He says, Asaph says, I don't understand where I am. I don't understand what's going to happen next. It doesn't seem like my prayers are even doing any good and I'm too stressed to even, I can't even get any words out. He says, but I remember that I am one of your redeemed and I remember how you led your people out with your strong arm. You led them through the sea. You led them to the sea, even though it was not the easiest route, even though there was a shorter route. You led them that way to show your glory and keep them humble and keep them dependent on you. You also led them like a shepherd leads a flock. And because of that, I can rejoice in God. Let me read a couple more scriptures. Psalm 16 and 11, the psalmist says this, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. What's he saying there? God, you're going to lead me. You're going to guide me. You're going to direct me. Your presence is going to go with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so church, just because you're in a rocky place this morning, just because you're up against an impossible situation, don't think God has abandoned you. No, God leads you along paths that he knows what's best for you. And it all gets down to Proverbs 3 and 5 and 6 when he says this. The writer of Proverbs says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean or depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your." path. He will show you the path to take and I praise God that he is going to lead me. He's going to guide me. He's going to direct me whether I'm on the mountaintop whether I go through the valley of the shadow of death this year. God is going to lead me. He's going to guide me. He is going to protect me. He will not abandon me. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Can we stand?